Hallelujah. Father, we come together to hear the word of God. Father, we thank you for the life-giving power that is in your word, that it gives life, sets people free. The answers, the direction, the help that comes from your word. Father, we receive the engrafted word with meekness this morning. We receive by faith what you have for us. We take it and we put it into practice. Because, Father, it's been in doing the word that we become recipients of all that belong to us. And so, Father, we purpose to do that, to take what we heard and apply it. And, Father, we thank you that your presence, your sweet presence, is here today. And, Father, we thank you, Lord, that your word goes forth boldly this morning. <clears throat> and, Father, we love you, we worship you, we honor you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Well, it's good to see your smiling faces. It's good to be in church on a Sunday morning. And this is family day, isn't it? And so we, uh, we're, we're going to share family news together through the word of God. We're going to talk family business. We're going to have a little chat. Is that good with you all? Let's have a little chat today. Let's talk about what the Lord has to say to us today through his word. If you would go with me to Proverbs chapter 18 this morning. Hallelujah. Those that are visiting with us, we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We believe that you won't leave here as you came. We're just glad. We're delighted that you've joined us today. Blessings to you this morning. Proverbs 18. We're glad you're with us. We welcome you here as a family. Hallelujah. All right. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says this to us, to us. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. This can work in the positive direction, Hallelujah for that positive direction. But it can also work in the negative direction, and we'll talk a little bit about both. Amen? John 12, 49. Let's look at that. So it matters what we say. It matters what words come out of our right, out of our mouths, and we need to talk right. Amen. In order to receive what we need from God and to receive the desires we have of the Lord. In order to see change in our lives, we need to be speaking right. And line up our words and agree with what God has said to us regarding our health, regarding our finances, regarding every circumstance in our lives. God has the answer. And it's our job to put God's answer in our mouths. And many times uh, we talk about the problem. Many times and too many times we've talked about the circumstances, but God has the answer. And the answer is what we put in our mouths. And if we'll do that, we'll see change. Hallelujah. Proverbs, I'm sorry, John 12. Let's look at it. Verse 49, 
says this. For I have never spoken on my own initiative or authority, but the Father himself who sent me, this is Jesus talking to us, the Father who sent me has given me a commandment regarding what to say and what to speak. I know that his commandment is eternal life, so the things I speak, I speak, just as the Father has told me. What's he saying to us? He's saying, I only say what I hear the Father say, and I only do what I hear my Father do. Amen. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Our words can work blessing, or cursing. Our words can encourage and build up, or our words can tear down. And too many times we have, and you've heard my husband have this illustration about a gun that's loosely slinging around. If someone were to just start, there's going to be a lot of people hurt. Amen. And too many times we've used our words loosely without carefully considering thinking about what we say before we say it. Because once those words are released, those words are working. There's a spiritual law that put, is put in operation when we speak God's word. Amen. And it can do, do good or it can do damage. Our words can produce good or evil. Romans 14.23 are you with me this morning? Romans 14. And let's look at verse 23. We're going to go through a lot of scriptures this morning. Bear with me. We're going to get through it. We'll do it. But I want you to see these things. But he who is uncertain about eating a particular thing is condemned if he eats, because he is not acting from faith. Whatever is not from faith is sin. Oh, we are told here in Romans that whatever is not in faith is sin. And you know, we can speak words that are against faith. But we speak words that are against faith you bear the fruit that comes from speaking those words. Just as you bear the good fruit that comes from speaking the right word. There's fruit that comes from speaking God's word. Aren't you glad for that? Dr. Dufresne, if you remember when he, he, he's a daddy to me. Precious man of God that is, is now changed addresses and has gone to heaven. He mentions the time that he approached a gas station and he saw the prices. Maybe you all recall this. He saw the price of the gas, of how much it cost to fill his tank. Well, he had something to say about it because he looked at the prices and thought, so he began to complain and grumble. And he heard a voice from the Lord, whether it was audible, I, I'm not quite sure, I'd have to go back to listen, whether it was audible or it was that inward voice on the inside. Well, God will speak to you through your spirit in that still, small voice. Whether it was audible or that still, small voice from the inside, he heard God's voice. And you know what the Lord said to him? When he began to complain about those gas prices, the Lord said, your words are stout. 
against me. Well, that, that, that shut him up right away. And I looked up the word stout and the different translations of that word. Some of those, some of the translations said, a few of them said, your words are harsh against me. Your words are aggressive against me. Most of them said, your words are arrogant. Whew. My, my. Arrogant because he looked at the prices, he looked at the circumstances, the situation, and spoke contrary to what God has said. You know, God has said something about our finances in the Bible. Hasn't he? He said he supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Pastor Scott this morning shared scripture about what God has to say. Amen? Yes. And God called him on the carpet and corrected him right there. Your words are arrogant. Why? Because it went against what God said. The Lord said to my husband, if you remember back in the early 80s, between 80 and 83, there was a great famine in the nation of Ethiopia. And a lot of you in here, some of you in here were toddlers in the early 80s. Right? You were little, but some of us remember that very well, the, the, the starvation, the famine in Ethiopia. And the Lord spoke to my husband's heart and said, my word will work in Ethiopia. It doesn't matter that there's a famine. You know, it doesn't matter what's going on in the economy. It doesn't change the fact that the Bible says we have a full supply, that we were made rich, that he provides all of our needs. Amen? But so many times we have looked at circumstances and have said and worked our words against what God has said. God told Daniel, he said, your humble prayers have come before me. I have come for your words. When I was pregnant with Audrey, I have three children. When I was pregnant with Audrey, now I had an interesting delivery with the second one. It was like 14 hours of hard labor. And I said to myself, I do not want a repeat of that. Because it was no fun. Men, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But ladies, just sit there and smile, OK? Because ladies, you know what I'm talking about, that have children. So I said, where in the word can I go to prevent that from happening again? I want the desire of my heart was to have a good delivery, a healthy baby. And I saw in the word in Exodus chapter 1 that it said that the Israelite women, their covenant people, the Israelites, their covenant. God has a covenant with these people. He said the Israelite women gave birth quicker than the Egyptian women. Why? Because they were in covenant with God. And I said, I am claiming that for myself. When you face a need, when you have something that you have a need in your life, no matter what it is, financial, physical, 
you need restoration in your families, you need whatever it is, we can go to the Word and find out what God has to say about it and get that Word in our mouths. Get that Word working for us. And the more you say and speak God's Word, the more you have it. Because a man will have whatsoever things he says. So the more you say, the more you have. It's a spiritual law. Do you know people that are unsaved that put that into practice will get results, whether they're saved or not, because they're putting a spiritual law in place. It'll work for those that don't know God. Yes, people have what you say, and there's power in the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And you will receive the fruit of that, which, which you speak. And I began to say and claim that scripture. Exodus 1 says the Israelite women gave birth quicker. Oh, Lord, I had a 14 or 15 hour delivery with the second one. Don't want that. I claim that because I'm a covenant. I'm in covenant with you because I'm a child of God. I'm born of the spirit. Jesus lives in my heart. God is my father. And I started to say every single day, every time I thought about it, Father, I thank you. I have a hasty delivery. And there's other things I claimed. I have a hasty delivery. Father, I thank you I have a hasty delivery. No matter what I was doing, doing the dishes, running my errands, in my car, before I went to bed at night, before my eyes closed at night, when I woke up in the morning, I kept that before me. I have a hasty delivery. It says of the Israelite women that they gave birth before the midwives even got there. You know, the midwives, midwives help the ladies give delivery. That child popped out before the midwife even came in, came over to help. So I went into labor and I had Audrey in 15 minutes. I'm talking about from the beginning of the birth pangs until she popped out. It's not because I'm so special, because I'm God's favored one. It's because I just took God's word and applied it and spoke it because I wanted to see the fruit of my lips manifested. I wanted to see the desire of my heart come to fruit, come to pass, and come to fruition. And the words that I spoke, his word, that I put in my mouth came to being, came to pass. You heard my husband say many times, nothing ever works out for me. Things always break down. Remember, you've heard him say that many times. You know what, he got just what he said. You get what you say. Y'all know the story of the Israelites. Let me tell you, because if we go there, we'll take a long time. There's a lot in there. But if you want to just turn your Bible there, you can. But, you know, just listen. Just listen to me. In Numbers chapter 13, you know the story of the Israelites. God delivered them out of the land of Egypt. The leader was Moses. And... He, God said, I have a land for you flowing with milk and honey. It's ready and prepared and waiting for you. Ready and waiting. All you need to do, y'all go in there and possess it. Go in and take it. It's there. They had God's word, didn't they? They go, and you know the story. They complained, and they grumbled on their journey. And what was meant to be a three to 11 day journey took 40 years. 
and a whole generation died off. Two got in. And the Lord said to Moses, I want you to get 12 spies to go in to the land of Canaan. And I want you to spy out the land, see the people, check out the land, check out the cities, see what's there. So they, and they picked out 12 people, which they called the 12 spies, you heard the story, that went into Canaan to spy out the land. And they came back and they said, indeed, the land is flowing with milk and honey, just like was said. They brought back the huge clusters of grapes and the fruit from that land. And they said, but, you know that word gets us in trouble? Every time. <laughs> Something was apparently trumping what the word of God said. But the people are stronger than we. They're the sons of Anak. They're as giants. There's giants in the land. And so they said, we checked it out. There's giants in the south. <laughs> There's giants in the mountains. There's giants in the coast. There's giants by the sea. And Caleb spoke up and said, he, he said he had to quiet the people. There's a lot of people that are congregated because they're coming back with this report. And the whole multitude of that company that didn't even go into the land, that just heard the report that these people are stronger than we, they were troubled. There's giants there. The whole congregation ex just received the report And, and no longer remembered what God said because of the circumstances. They're stronger than we. We can't do it. And Caleb jumped in. You know the story. Yes, we can. He said, let's go in and possess it. Notice, Caleb did not deny the facts. The facts were there were big people over there. The cities were high and large. It, they said, the, the land eateth up of it, in the inhabitants, and there's giants in the land. And the Bible says they came back with an evil report. What we have to understand is anything that is words that we speak that are of doubt and unbelief is not of faith. And we saw in Romans that whatever is not of faith is sin. Amen? Caleb said we can do it. Joshua began to rise up and say, don't provoke the Lord. Don't rebel against God. Everyone, hush. Don't get excited. It's okay. And here we have Caleb said, come on. We can overtake it. We can go in. And it said the people cried. Oh, it would be better that we had died in the wilderness. It would have been better if we had died in Egypt. And they began to grumble and mumble and say, let's appoint ourselves a new leader because they want to boot out Moses and Aaron. Let's get ourselves a new leader. And as they were speaking, Joshua was speaking, 
to them, to encourage them, saying, listen, we can do that. Don't rebel. We can do exactly what God said. It said the people spake of stoning. They were so full of fear, they spoke of stoning Caleb and Joshua. And it said, listen, it would not be a bad idea for us to get up in the mornings. There's things that go on in this life to get up in the mornings and with a heart and attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving. Give God a praise. No matter what's going on in your life, thank him that you have a car. I thank you, Father, that I have a house. Thank you for my spouse. Thank you for my children. Amen? Because that will set the tone for the rest of your day. There won't be any room for grumbling. When your heart is turned towards God and his goodness and his greatness and what he said about you, what he said about your health, what he said about your finances, amen? And it said of Caleb, and let me read it to you. How are you? Everybody doing good? Let me read to you. No, go to me, go with me to November, to November, to Numbers. That's in the New Testament. That's in the beginning of your Bibles. And yes, all right. Numbers chapter 14. It's the very beginning of your Bible there. And look at verse 24. No, Numbers 14, 24. And it said, says this, but my servant Caleb. Here you have the Israelites complaining and grumbling, grumbling who are full of doubt and unbelief said, because Caleb, because he has a different spirit, my servant Caleb, my servant, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land in which he entered and his descendants shall take possession of it. It said Caleb, the word says Caleb had a different spirit. What is that different spirit? A spirit of faith. Unlike the Israelites, Caleb had a different spirit. What's that spirit? What's that different spirit? A spirit of faith, because he had a spirit of faith and followed God fully. God was able to bring him into some things. Bring him into the land that his, and his descendants were able to inherit it. You know, there's things that God wants to bring you and I into. Yes. That next level in God. That next phase in God. That house you've been believing for. Full restoration in your family, with your co-worker. He wants to bring you into more peace and joy bring you into more, to walk into more prosperity. There's things that God wants to bring in anymore, and it's faith that's going to get us there to possess those things and to be on the receiving end of the things that we need and desire. And it's done by faith. Amen. But we have to talk right. 
we have to say the right thing out of our mouths and say what God says. When there was a place that I worked and the lady was there, a person, a co-worker was there, and as we were eating lunch on our lunch break, we heard our employer yelling at uh, an individual. So while we watched and listened, the lady, that I, the fellow employee that I was with, her mouth dropped open. And she began to shake her head in disbelief and said, I can't believe it. I can't believe how he's acting. Do you hear what he's saying? That's not right. Well, she went on for a few minutes. And I had a moment to decide what I was, I was going to do. Because when you are on the, uh, if you listen to gossip, can I say that? If we're listening to gossip, you become a, a participator of it. What's on them can get on you. And so I changed the subject, and they got off of it. Another time, on another occasion, um, I was at home, and I got a call at, another, at a place I worked. And they said, and I won't give details, they just said, um, can you believe it? The boss did not follow through with what they, what he, what they said they were going to do. They promised this, this, and this, and they didn't follow through. And uh, I, I, she said it, and uh, I quickly changed the subject. And I noticed her tone changed. While I began to change the subject, she realized, oh, I shouldn't have said that. You know, we always, we ought to be a light to other people. Because gossip is destructive. And it can hurt relationships. The Bible says in Proverbs that it will it'll break up the, your close relationships. Because you're hurting the reputation of another person when you gossip. And gossip is a sin. And it doesn't give any glory to God, does it? And David said in Psalms, he said, let the meditations of my heart and the fruit of my lips please you and be pleasing to you. The, the meditation, my meditation, and, the, and what I say, how I speak, he said, the fruit of my lips. Let it be pleasing to you. The words of my mouth, Father, let it please you. Well, the reason why I didn't respond to the gossip, the reason why I didn't respond to what they were saying, was some of it true? Can I be honest with you for a minute? It was. I witnessed it. I saw it. Caleb saw. Caleb, Caleb knew that there were giant, big people in the land, that there were wall. But who cares? What's that have to do with what God said? It has nothing to do 
You know, and that's what I meant as many times. We talk what's troubling us. We talk the circumstances. Amen. Uh, and our words are stout against God. That's why things don't work right for us. That's why we don't receive. I'm being the receiving end of blessing. I always told my kids, and I, you know, I, I mentioned to my kids, um, we taught them when they were little, you never, never to gossip. But we wanted to make sure, because it's family day, that we never gossiped at the dinner. For a lot of people, that's the time to talk about people is at the dining table, if you're, if you're eating with your families anymore nowadays. And uh, because why? It's called hypocrisy. <laughs> we can't tell our kids don't gossip and talk bad about people, and then they're listening to us gossip. So we made sure if we had anything that we needed to say to each other, when we were in a disagreement, we went behind a closed door, and then we had it. We uh, talked about what we were disagreeing about and come to an agreement. Amen? But, I mean, these little things we taught our kids, and we, we taught them, don't go listening around the corner. See, gossip is, is, is a character issue. To go around spreading things you don't agree with or you don't like, it's a character issue. It's a heart issue. It's an issue of the heart. Because we wanted our children to grow up with good character, we said, don't you be listening behind mommy and dad's corner behind the door into what we're saying. Because it's not your business. Not your business. You're helping your children by teaching them those things. Don't be listening around the corner. It's not good for your character. You want to have good character? Don't be trying to listen into conversations that don't involve you, that are private. And as adults, we can receive that as well. Because, <laughs> you know, we can be nosy. <laughs> if I see that two people are talking in private, I walk away or I, I turn my back or I'll, because you can tell it's kind of, it's serious. You know when they have their, they're having an intense or business, it's something that needs to be taken care of. I look at that and I don't kind of hang around. It's not my business. I just threw that in there. I was driving with my husband to a drive-thru. It's story time this morning. And I drew, drove to the drive-thru with my husband. <laughs> we pull up to order something, get something to eat. And uh, so I tell him what I want. Audrey's in the back. She tells him what I want. And I said, okay, you got that? And he said, he said to me, uh, yeah, 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 I got it. So she goes, okay, da-da-da, yeah, what would you like? And so my husband gives the order, but he, he, he fumbled over his words, so he wasn't pronouncing the words right. He goes, well, she'll have a, I can't describe it. It's, it's special. He got some of doctor's anointing. Dr. Dufresne's anointing, I'm mispronouncing words. and Okay. So he was mispronouncing. He botched up the order completely. Okay. Well, I noticed there was a pattern because Every time we went through the drive-thru, he would botch up the order, and he couldn't. It's like <laughs> he had a mouthful of cotton. Well, um, I found that amusing, and I busted out laughing. I lost it because I'm thinking in my mind, "Oh my goodness, this happens every time." He says, "Why are you laughing? What are you laughing at?" After he placed the order, and he's he's fumbling around for the money, I said. Baby, every time we go through a, 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 a drive-thru, you, you don't pronounce the words right. And I could hardly say that because I'm laughing while I'm telling him this. You know what he said to me, folks? You know what he said to me? Do you want to hear what he said to me? 
He said, I don't want to be around when lightning strikes. Now here, now listen, listen, I thought it was funny. I thought, I'm just being light, it's just a, hey, it's just a lighthearted thing, I'm just kidding around, it's, what's the big deal? I'm just kidding around, come on. <laughs> I'm thinking that, I didn't say it. I'm thinking that. I'm going, man, what's wrong? But understand this, I didn't see anything wrong with it, but the Lord was displeased. Thank God for the Spirit of God to help us. He'll help us when we just don't know. I didn't see anything wrong. I didn't, I didn't know. But I got that. When he said that, I thought, okay. I really, what if you boil it down to it, if I'm laughing and he's not laughing or your friend's not laughing or your spouse is not laughing, be quiet. You might be palling around and joking and being sarcastic and making comments, but if, but if the person on, on the other end of that, if they're not joining in with your laughter, be quiet, because it's not love. And the Bible talks about honoring and being honorable towards. Now, listen, my husband has a good friend, Brother Joel Siegel. He might be watching today, hey. They have that kind of understanding. They always, pal around and joke with one another. But that's just their thing. They both know it's, but in this moment, God said, that's not right. And my, my husband said it. He goes, seriously, with a serious face, I don't want to be around when lightning strikes. My heart smote me. It smote me. Thank God that the spirit, how about this? He, he said that to me. My heart checked me. You may not think there's anything wrong with what you think is okay, how about we let God be the judge? Yes. Let the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing to you, O Lord. Because, uh, well, go with me to James, would you? Go with me to James chapter 4. I'm going to believe that I'm going to get through everything that I need to say here. James chapter 4, verse 11. And words can tear down, destroy, build up, encourage, edify. When I was making fun of my husband, which I thought was okay, was lighthearted, all in good fun, uh, I just lost track of what I was saying, but it'll come back to me. Um, go with me to James 4.11. All right, here we go. Listen, believers do not speak against or slander one another. What's slandering? It's talking bad about people. He who speaks self-righteously against a brother or judges his brother hypocritically speaks against the law and judges the law. If you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge of it. Ooh, don't, don't slander against one another. Don't speak out against one another. And we were talking about gossip, that it's wrong to talk about other people. Amen? And then it says in Ephesians 4.29, 
And I, let me read it, if you would. And it just came back to me what I was going to say is, what I thought was okay, God found to be, and my husband found to be, dishonorable. I'm glad that the Lord is helping me. I let him be the judge. And when he's dealing with you about something, when God deals with you about something or says something to you, that's when we decide we're going to make the change. It's not for us to say, just to say, God dealt with me. He dealt with me about that. And it doesn't go any further that we don't deal with it. <laughs> or to think about how God dealt with me about that. But to make the change, make the adjustment. Amen. Ephesians 4.29. Do not let unwholesome, foul, profane, worthless, worthless. You know we're going to be held accountable for every word, idle word we speak. Don't let unwholesome, foul, profane, worthless, vocal words ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good for building up others. According to the need and the occasion, so that it will be a blessing to those who hear you speak. My words did not edify. When I, when laughing at him, did not edify him. Did it. Well, let's move on. Know this, your heart and your mouth, they're connected. Let's look in the word and find out really quick. Matthew 12, your heart and your mouth are connected to one another. And Matthew 12, 34 says that. Let's look at it together, shall we? All right. You brood of vipers. <laughs> How can you speak good things when you are evil? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. Another translation says, out of the abundance of the heart. Now this is Matthew 12, 34. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Heart, mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, let's look at Proverbs chapter 4. We're on a little journey here. We good? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son, pay attention to my words and be willing to learn. Open your ears to my sayings. Don't let them escape from your sight. Keep them. Keep what? My words, my sayings, my commandments in the center of your heart. Keep them there. For they are life to those who find them and healing and health to all their flesh. Next one. Watch over your heart with all diligence for from it flow the springs of life. One translation says guard your heart with all diligence and above all that you guard. 
above all that you guard. You know, there's a lot of things we guard in our lives. We guard our house, we guard, we guard our valuables, we guard our money, we guard a lot of things, don't we? And the Bible says above everything you guard, guard that. Protect that. You know, when you have an enemy fort, you've got a fort there, in the, like in a battle or in a war, and you've got a, a watchtower with the guys up there with the guns, it's to keep the wrong things or to keep the enemy from getting in. Because they come in, you're going to have chaos, you're going to have destruction. Amen? And so it's the same way with the heart. Guard it. We need to guard our hearts so the wrong things don't come in. And that's how oppression, depression, unforgiveness, bitterness, grief, that's how those things get in. It comes from a heart that's unguarded. And so... The Bible says in the new Good News Translation, when it says guard your heart, it says watch what you think. Watch what you, be careful what you think on. When it said guard your heart, it said be careful what you think on. You know what matters? What you think about, because what you think on will affect what you believe and will affect, in, in turn, your actions. What you think on affects what you believe, what you, and then will affect your actions and your conduct in life, and it will affect how you speak. So if we want to speak the right words, we need to take care of this. We need to be careful what we think about. And my husband talked about offense. i got to wind this up, and I'm going to trust God that I'm going to get out what I need to say, is that he's been talking about offense. You sit there, we, let's say we sit there and we start thinking about what a person said, what a person did. Have you ever notice that the more you think about it, the more upset you get? Some people think about it so much they can't sleep at night. You can get to the place where you're so troubled and so upset by what some people said or did is that you start turning it over and over and over and again in your, in your mind, what they said, what they did and you lose your appetite, you can't sleep good at night, it can affect your physical body. It, it opens the door. When we take a thought, the enemy will seek to get an entrance through our thought life, through your thoughts, and he'll suggest things to you. So he'll start suggesting things to you, and we start turning it over and over and over again on our minds. It's an open door to the enemy, and that is how things like depression and oppression come in. Amen? And so the more you, when you think about it, when you start thinking about it, it has a negative effect on your spirit. And that's what it means you need to guard your heart. If we're thinking right, you'll speak right. And you start thinking about those things. The more, this is why it's dangerous, because the more you think about something someone said or did to you, the more justified you feel. This is why it's dangerous, because the more you think about what someone said or what someone did, or you think about your circumstances and what happened here or what's going on over here, and the more you think about it, the more right you believe you are when it comes to the area of offense, the more justified you feel, 
and you're writing things on your heart. You're writing that in your heart and it is fortifying that. It's becoming a stronghold. It's establishing that in your heart and it will have an effect on our lives. And we think, you know, if you walk out, you, you may not have said anything to anybody that you're offended. You may not be spreading anything. Understand, though you may, we think, you know, we think of what we say with people, when we think of words, words that come out of your mouth, yeah? Words that you are spoken. Do you know you don't have to open your mouth to say anything? You may be offended here, but you haven't told anybody. You haven't, no one knows about it. You just quietly maybe left your church because of entertaining the wrong thing that opened the door to this. Before you know it, you're, you open up yourself to deception. How do I know that? Go with me. I'm going over, can you just hold out? To James chapter one. Listen, listen. Know that this, while we're turning there to James 1, God hears your thoughts. No one heard it. And you say, but this is, this is something that I've kept on the inside. And we think because it's something that we've kept on the inside and that nobody knows about it, it doesn't count. <laughs> it doesn't matter because it's just, it's in here. But God sees, God knows. Do you know it says in the Bible a few times that Jesus knew their thoughts? It says right here, let me read it to you, in Matthew 9. Don't turn there, please. Scribes said to, to Jesus, saying this, they said this to themselves. The Pharisees said this to themselves. This man blasphemes, they're talking about Jesus, by claiming the rights and prerogatives of God. And it says here, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, why do you think evil in your hearts? Know that Jesus hears and knows, even though it may not be spoken. And those things that you turn over in your heart, thoughts of offense or self-pity, I never do anything right. Why is it always this way with me? I can't do anything right. We have a pity party. You're writing that in your heart. Every time you think about it, you're writing on your heart, and it's, it is, you're establishing that. We are establishing it, we're fortifying it, which brings me to James 1. Let's look at it. Are you with me? Let's, now this is, it's just family talk. Don't worry. The service is almost over. Okay. But God is, the Lord is calling us up higher. And our way we live on our lives, the way we talk, the way we think, it's time, folks. The things that I, can, I used to be able to get away with, I can't get away with anymore. As you grow in God, 
and the more knowledge and light you come into regarding God's word, you become accountable and the less you can get away with, which is a healthy thing. It's not a negative thing. Thank God for it. Thank God for when you come to a church and you hear a sermon and you, and you hear something and go, oh my goodness, I just got my mail read. Thank God for it. Because it's not what's doing right that's hurting your life. It's what you're doing wrong. And God is calling us up higher and he is coming for a glorious, spotless, without wrinkle church. And we want to be ready when he comes. You've heard my husband herald that. We want to be ready. And if it means cleaning up our mouths, so be it. And if something happens and you cry like the Israelites, they wept and they cried because of the circumstances, have your cry out. I've had my cry out. My husband's had his cry out when facing opposition and tribulation. But you know what? After you've had your cry out, get up and keep moving forward. Amen. Because the devil would love to come and bring condemnation and guilt and beat you down from where you've missed it and make you feel bad about where you've missed it. Amen. But we have to recognize that many times, I've heard my husband said this, many times we are listening to a demon and not even, even recognizing it. Amen. Many times the reason how reason why how oppression and depression and resentment and bitterness get in it comes from unchecked thoughts. Yes. We're still thinking of talking about words and the power of your words, but your heart's connected. Amen. And God says something to say about your words. He said in 2 Corinthians 10:5 Bring every thought into captivity unto the obedience of Christ. Every thought, every thought, every thought. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Does this line up, this thought, it would do us good to say, before I open my mouth, consider what damage it might do to somebody. Consider the weight of your words. You know, the Bible says examine yourselves whether you be in the faith or not. Every thought, wait a minute. Weigh your words. How is this gonna, my words going to affect that person or affect this situation? Okay, James 125. <laughs> I'm done, y'all. He who looks carefully, carefully, who looks carefully into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and faithfully abides by it. In other words, who looks into God's word and his commandments and does it. Not having become a careless listener who forgets, but an active doer who'll be blessed and favored by God in what he does. If he takes my word and looks into the law and says, okay, Lord, you, were, you said this to me. I keep it before me. The Bible talks about meditating on his word day and night, right? Binding it around your neck, writing it on the tablet of your heart, med right? You'll have good success, success if you meditate on his word day, day and night, amen? And observe to do all that he says, right? He'll be blessed and favored by God in his, but we talked about 
meditating on the wrong things, turning over in your heart. And I talked about how, like in the area of offense, you're thinking about it. You're thinking about the circumstance. You're thinking about what's going on here and there. And you, the more you think about it, the more troubled you get, and the greater, then it becomes a stronghold, and you open yourself up to allows the enemy to come in and dominate. You come to the point, it's so dangerous, it's why you need to guard your heart, because that's when you start feeling justified. Well, I have a right to be upset. And suddenly they know, we know what the Word of God says. We know what it says. We know that the word, what the Word says about that there's death and life in the power of the tongue. We know what the Word of God says about guarding your heart. We know what the Word says about our health and our finances or whatever. We know what the Word says about be careful of this, and yet we know it's wrong to gossip. We know it's wrong to be offended, but yet we're offended about something, right? And all of a sudden, it says right here, and not having become a careless listener, having heard it, you heard it, it's not enough to know the word, it's not enough to hear a message on a Sunday morning about offense or what God said about it in the Bible. But all of a sudden, it says, who forgets? It says, a careless minister who forgets. That's what happens. You know what the scripture says, but you're so full, you feel so justified, justified by maybe what someone said or what someone did that suddenly you forgot all that. <laughs> Have you ever been there? You're so troubled by a circumstance, you suddenly forgot what the word said about my health. Because you're so, uh, you suddenly forgot. <laughs> because why? Because the, the prob your attention is on the problem. And that becomes bigger all of a sudden than what the Word of God says. That happened to the Israelites. The fact, the facts about the giants and everything going, they're bigger than we are, they're stronger than we are. Suddenly, suddenly, you know, the problem was not the giants. The problem was not with that, the situation. The problem was with what was sitting right underneath their nose. It was their mouths. That was the problem. They were grumbling and complaining against what God said. That became the all, and they forgot that God said, I have given you this land. It's already waiting and prepared. Go in and possess it. And that's what Caleb, full of faith, who followed God fully, said, yes, we can, we can go. He said he had a different spirit. He said, we can go in. Yes, we can, we can take it. He was one of the only two that got into the promised land, and a whole generation died off. Amen. Amen. We can forget what God said in a circumstance, and it matters where our attention is. That's why God said, pay attention to my words, right? And it talks about, listen to what I'm saying. Pay attention to my words. Write them. Where was in Proverbs 4? I'm going to read it to you again. Just don't say it. Pay attention to my words. Don't let them escape from your sight. Oh, is it that late? <laughs> I like to write things down. You know, you write things down when you don't want to forget them. Yeah. And you put them up and you may stick it on your refrigerator and you have scriptures to keep it before you. Yes. So that, and you're establishing that in your heart when you say it and you look at it and you're meditating on it, you're keeping it before you. That's what God says, keep it before you. Yes. Keep my word always before you. Keep it in the center of your heart because there are life to those who find them, health to all their, their flesh. 
Meditate day and night, the Bible says, amen. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God, I have to cut it because I went long today. Amen. Let's put God's word in our mouth. No matter what the circumstance, that's what we need to do, is to agree with what God said. If we'll do that, amen, your life will be blessed, you will receive what you need, you receive the desires of your heart, you receive that healing, you receive that financial breakthrough, you receive that restoration in your family, we receive, we're on the receiving end. Amen? Of blessing. Amen. That's where the victory is at, folks, in our life. That's what faith is. It's trusting in God no matter what we're facing, no matter what we feel, no matter what we see. We're putting our trust in what God said. This is what God said. Amen? And putting his word in our mouths. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, that you love us so much. And Father, we, we are thank you for the word that went forth today. But Father, we don't want to leave this service without first extending an invitation to those who are here. If there's anyone here or watching live stream, we want to extend this to you. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You said he that calleth upon me shall be saved. He that cometh to me I'll no wise cast out. And the Bible says that all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. So it doesn't matter how many good works you have done, how many good deeds, the Bible says we've fallen short, that we can't earn our way into, into heaven. And that's why God sent Jesus. And you have an opportunity today that if you were to go today, you can be sure, if your life were to end today, you can be sure of where you're going today. You can be sure. If you want to be sure, we extend this invitation to you to ask Jesus into your heart, to make him your father. If you do that today, your life will never be the same again. It will come into your life and your life will be new. Hallelujah. And you'll be able to walk out the plan and purposes of God for your life because the grace and the anointing will be there to do that when you become a child of God. And so if there's anyone here today under the sound of my voice or watching live stream, I think we're mostly home folk, but if there's anyone here today that says, I'm not sure if I were to go today, if I would go to heaven or not, you can be sure right now. And if you would like to ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, I invite you to do that today. It's an invitation that the Lord gives to everyone. So if you would like to say, if you say, that's me, I'd like to ask Jesus into my heart, you can slip up your hand right now and say, yes, I respond to that call. I want Jesus, I want God in my life. And no one's lo looking. This is just between you and the Lord. This is a private matter. And it's between you and God. And you say, yes, I want to respond to that. You can slip up your hand. And I'm including everyone watching live stream. You can respond to these invitations here. There's anyone here that says, well, I am a child of God, but I'm not walking with him. I've walked away from God. I'm not in fellowship with him like I should be. Like the prodigal son that took his father's living and squandered it. One day he arise and said, I'm tired of living a life of sin. I shall arise and go to my father's house. If you say today, 
that's me. I'm going to arise and go to my father's house. The Bible says that the father ran out to meet him and celebrated because his son that was lost had returned. If you want to rededicate, reconsecrate your life to the Lord today, you can do that. You can slip up your hand right now and say, I respond to that call to rededicate, reconsecrate my life. Those watching live stream, you're invited to do that too. Hallelujah. Well, what we're going to do is this. So while you're at home, you can all look up at me. At home, you're watching, and you will respond to either one of those invitations. All you have to do is call out to God and say, God, I invite you to come into my heart and make me new. I ask you to be my father. I receive you. I believe that Jesus was the son of God, and he died for me. I ask you to come into my heart. If you do that, your life will forever ever be changed. You'll never be the same again, and you'll start your life anew in Christ. And so if you'll do that, please let us know. Let us know that you responded. Let us know you are watching today. Hallelujah. Blessings. Have a great day to everyone.